Welcome to the Center for Christian Spirituality podcast. What follows is an audio recording of the weekly contemplative worship service at Chapelwood United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas. For the next 40 minutes, you are invited to engage and rest with scripture, music, prayer, silence, and brief meditations. Our hope is that you will allow wherever you are right now to be a sacred space for you, perhaps by resting in a favorite chair or lighting a candle, by gazing out a window or relaxing outside. A guide for this contemplative worship experience, including prayers, scriptures, and song lyrics, is available in PDF format at www.chapelwood.org. You can visit that same website to learn more about the Center for Christian Spirituality. The Center provides resources for people who seek a deepening relationship with God in a way that transforms their relationship with God, others, self, and the world. We are grateful you're sharing the journey with us today.
this president right now. What percentage of you is present right now? 60, 70, maybe your mind is still thinking about what you're going to do for lunch today. Thinking about the person who took your parking space when you were trying to get here this morning. Just spend a few moments just quietly trying to be more present. Maybe trying to increase by 5, 10% your presence here in this place. Let's pray.
Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it, a man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass by that way. Most of us in this room know who Zacchaeus was. We know who he was from the children's song that we learned so many years ago, and we probably taught our children or grandchildren. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Do you know that one? A wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree, the Lord he wanted to see. Zacchaeus was a, a, a tax collector, a Jewish tax collector. He was a, a chief tax collector. That means other tax collectors worked for him. And he also lived off of the taxes that they collected. And the scripture says he was rich. Now, Jewish tax collectors got rich because they uh, collected taxes for the Roman government, but they also added a little to the taxes that they collected. They were collecting them from their fellow Jews. So they were really viewed by the Jews as turncoats. They were hated by their fellow Jewish, uh, the fellow Jewish community. They would uh, collect taxes. They would also collect a little extra and keep it for themselves. So if, if a Jew owed $100 in tax, a tax collector may collect $200 or $300, and he'd pay the $100 to the Roman government, but then he'd keep the rest for himself, put it in his pocket, line his bank accounts. And he was hated for that by the Jewish people. Not only did he cheat his, only his own community, but a tax collector was considered ritually unclean because he handled money with Caesar's image on it. He was always handling that money. And for a Jew to even touch a piece of money that had another uh, a, a person who claimed to be God, and that's exactly what Caesar did. Caesar didn't just want to be known as their secular king. He required his subjects to refer to him as their God. So when a tax collector handled money with another's God's picture on it, a Jew considered him to be violating the commandment that says, you shall have no other gods before me. So Zacchaeus was considered richly unclean. He was an outcast in his community. He was a pariah to his own community. And that is the man who wanted to see Jesus. So Jesus is passing through Jericho where Zacchaeus was. And um, the scripture uses some very specific language. It doesn't say that he simply wanted to see Jesus. It says that he wanted to see who Jesus was. He wanted to see who he was. He wanted to know who Jesus was. He wanted to know what made him tick. He wanted to understand who this man truly was. He'd been saying such powerful things, life-transforming things to all the crowds. Zacchaeus was hungry. He wanted to know what this guy had to say to him. Something tells me that Zacchaeus, uh, despite the fact that he was a spiritual outcast from his community, he had some deep spiritual longings. And he recognized that he'd been trying to fill his soul with money and material things, and it just didn't work. He needed something more. So he wanted to come to Jesus, and he wanted to talk to him. He wanted to listen to him. He wanted to learn from him.
So as the passage says, Zacchaeus was short and he couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead to a sycamore tree. He climbed up in that tree and he watched as Jesus went by. And as I said before, he didn't really want to lay eyes on him. He wanted to know him. You know, Zacchaeus lives out. He embodies, I believe, a universal hunger for all people. That we want to have a, a knowledge of God, a deep relationship with God. We want to have a life based on truth. We want to understand what the truth is about being a human being on the earth. And we're given this time to live. And how do we live it with, with integrity? How do we live with, with truth? So, as he felt this hunger to know God more deeply, and we share that hunger, I would invite you to consider what resources are available to you to know God more deeply, uh, to see God more clearly, to hear God, to hear the heart of God, to truly know God. For him, it was a hungry heart in a sycamore tree. That's what he had. And the question I'd like for you to sit with today is, what do you have? What resources do you have available to you today to see Jesus more clearly, to hear the heart of God more purely, and to hold on to that? Would you take just a moment to sit with those questions?
When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must abide in your house. So Zacchaeus hurried down and joyfully welcomed him as a guest. When we, it came for time for Michael and I to name our children, we did so with some intentionality, as I guess you can imagine we would. <laughs> we wanted their names to be, have some meaning that, they, that would be a resource for them in their lives. So the names Anastasia is, actually means resurrection, to stand again. Zoe, it means life. And not just in the biological sense, but in a spiritual sense. Nathaniel means gift of God. And he is a gift. We were hoping, and we are hoping, that those names will continue to inform them of who they are, who they really are, and call them back to themselves from time to time. Jesus calls out to Zacchaeus. And do you know what Zacchaeus means? It means pure one. Pure one. So I can imagine when Jesus stopped and called up to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, pure one. I wonder what went on inside of Zacchaeus. I wonder what the crowd thought. <laughs> Zacchaeus, pure one. Yeah, right, anything but. But it did something to Zacchaeus, for Zacchaeus. He came back to himself. And then Jesus seals the deal by inviting himself over to Zacchaeus' house. It kind of this whole interaction makes me think about the scripture in Revelation where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone should hear my voice, open the door and I will come in and we will dine together. And that's exactly what ends up happening, isn't it? They abide together, the scripture literally says. I must abide in your house. And abide they do. That act of sharing deep presence with one another over a meal. We're going to have our time of silence together a little earlier in the service than we usually do. And we're going to partake of the gifts of the table together a little earlier in this service than we normally do, because that's the flow of this story, of Jesus and Zacchaeus abiding together. Zacchaeus coming back to himself, to his true self, to his pure self, and abiding with Christ. 
I wonder if in the silence you might listen for the voice of Jesus calling out to you and to me and asking to come in, to come in to our hearts, the center of our being, and there we might abide together. Let us abide.
Christ, the anointed one, says, look, see, behold, I am standing at your heart's door knocking. If you would hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will have communion together. Let us pray. O merciful and gracious one, long-suffering one, overflowing and abundant in love, we give you thanks for your goodness and your grace. We give thanks to you, our salvation and our healing and our wholeness, that as we welcome you into our being and recognize your presence, you restore us. You bring us to wholeness. You heal us. You empower us and enliven us. And so we give you thanks for this bread of new life, this bread of heaven. We remember that on the night before your Son and our Lord gave himself, that he took bread and gave thanks to you, his Father and our Father, his source and origin and ours, and broke it and gave it to his beloved one, saying, take this, eat this, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in deep remembrance. Do this in remembrance of me. And remember, I am here. I am with you. And we are one. In the same way, he took the cup and he poured it. And he gave thanks. And then he gave, him, gave it to his beloved ones and said, This is my blood, which is shed for you. This is my very life given for you. Take, drink, and every time we do, we will abide together in deep presence, in deep remembrance that we are children of a loving and gracious God. I am with you. Let us pray. Oh God, pour out your spirit on these gifts of bread and cup. May they be for us the body and the blood of Christ that we might remember who we are and we might take that and turn to be your children of light in this world. In the name of Jesus, the living Christ, we pray. Amen. We have three communion stations. We invite you to come forward, and when you do, to place your hands in a receptive kind of way, and we will offer you a bit of bread, and you may take a cup that's placed on the pedestal stand. There are baskets on the front pews for your empty cups. On the organ side, there is a gluten-free option as well as a completely self-contained um, cup and, and piece of bread for you, if you prefer to take that way. This table is for all of us, so we invite you 
children of God to come and feast.
And all who saw it began to grumble and said, Jesus has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. As we begin to make our turn from this time, for being in this house together, um, it, this story has fallen into like three very distinct acts. In this first act, uh, Zacchaeus, the pure one, is seeking Christ. In the second act, he is welcoming the Christ into his home, abiding together. And in this third act, he begins to seek how he can bring restoration in some way. Uh, he is seeking salvation to begin with, which, if you might remember, Yeshua, the name of Jesus, means Yahweh saves. So he's seeking Yeshua. He's seeking salvation. He welcomes Yeshua. He welcomes salvation. And then he begins this turn outward to embody Yeshua, to embody salvation in some way. And Jesus says, today, salvation, Yeshua, has come into this house. And the way that he seeks to embody it is the very place that he has caused the most wounding in the world is the very place that he begins to turn and share the light. There's this wonderful quote from Rumi you'll find at the top of your worship bulletin. I said, what about my heart? The beloved one said, tell me what you hold inside it. I said, pain and sorrow. The beloved said, stay with it. The wound is the place where the light enters you. So as we begin to take this journey outward, how is Christ inviting you to embody salvation? What might be the place you have recently caused wounding in your own world? How might that also be the very place where you can offer the most light in the world. So I invite you to sit with those questions. Listen to the Christ within. What is his invitation to bring restoration, to bring light, to bring healing? In the very places that you may have caused wounding. May wisdom 
show you the way. worshiping with us today, whether here in person in the chapel or online. We're grateful for your um, participation in this community. Uh, you mean a great deal. I have a couple of announcements to bring to your attention. First of all, the Enneagram class continues today at 10 o'clock in the Anchor House. You're invited to, uh, to join uh, Michael for that, and Peter. Um, also, um, Wednesday night, uh, our Discerning Heart uh, class continues online as we continue to unpack the music of uh, that Peter Johns created in his uh, new album, Discerning Heart. It's a, a wonderful experience to really listen deeply to the songs, the words, and see how they touch your heart. So if you haven't tried that, please uh, feel free to join that group. Also, an important announcement, next Saturday uh, at 6, excuse me, 9.30 in the morning, um, Peter and the choir are going to be holding a special Tizay service at St. Cecilia's Catholic Church. It's a wonderful uh, gift that you're giving that community here um, right before Easter. So um, if you'd like to join them, feel free um, to support them in that. I'd like to take a moment again, as we always do at the end of our services, just to simply be still and to rest for a moment, <clears throat> to listen for God's good word, God's benediction to each one of us. Something that you have heard this morning as you've worshiped, as you have uh, been still and quiet, and listen to the voice of the Spirit for your good word. Would you take just a moment to listen to find that word and then hold it and carry it with you as you depart the chapel today? If you would like also at the end of the time together, you're welcome to stay here in the chapel for some silence 
um, and perhaps light a candle at one of the candle banks um, as a sign of your prayer sending to God on behalf of someone that you carry on your heart today. We're grateful for you.